you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast. Are huge in Japan. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast presented by New Era. My name is Dan Hansis and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Yeah. Greg with his own life became huge in Japan by marrying a woman who hails from Japan. Oh uh, yeah, she you know, she more than we can say. Family's in Japan. You know, she was California, Japan growing Own up. It. But I go. I go a lot. I'm big. It's nice being around people where I'm an average height. Are you average height when you go to Japan? Still probably a little short, but no, there's yeah, it's it makes sense. I'm like the tallest person in our family. Very cultured. <laughs> Great. Are you really? I mean, we're all about the same. Hmm. You're not like an oak tree, you know, <laughs> um, not an insult. I'm just saying, like, there are people that are shorter than you in your family. I figured like the men. All, so all the men in the family. Well, no, no, I'm not counting. And by the way, you have a, you have I'm a not toddler ca- at home. I'm not counting my brother person. and my father, the the people I grew up with. Yeah. I, I That's no longer my family. Yeah. As far as your I'm youngest son is I'm six talking about my three. Japanese family. Yeah. Oh. Bad no news for the uh, rest of the Rosenthal clan. Greg has basically Oof. disowned you over the last 24 hours. Um, welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is the Wednesday show, the Wednesday video show, which you could check out at NFL.com slash ATN video, uh, which will go up tonight, Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Eh, if you're overseas, eh, figure it out. Figure it out. Or you could just go to that website literally at any point this week after that and watch it. There will be videos on the site. I like regardless. urgency from the overseas crowd, so figure I'm- it out. As, as quickly as possible. A bit being told in the inner earpiece that it's 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 Pacific. Yeah, that's a change. That's a program, programming change, isn't it? No, I think it's always been 9.30, okay. but that's, that's a rough start for yeah, blow it. It's going to be a lot to overcome. <laughs> anyway. All right, so 9.30, 6.30, deal with it. Um, Wes? Yes, sir? You know, we don't always get west of us anymore. Famously... West celebrating the Cincinnati Bengals, bowing out of the playoffs immediately on the first Saturday of January. But you know what we do get every year? NFL preseason. <laughs> and I know you love the NFL preseason, Wes. It's coming up. It's starting in earnest. Well, one of those events is a celebration. The Bengals losing every year in January. Mm. <laughs> so I figured since you love the tra- training camp so much or uh, the preseason so much, we're going to have our uh, spotlight uh, where we talk about some preseason games. We're going to do a whole segment later in the show today. More, Can't wait. more preseason. It's exciting. Today's show <laughs> is a good one, by the way. Down. It's a good show today. Uh, Jay Cutler, you know, he's in Miami now. That man's got a mind. What is it, like an elephant? Is that what they say? Like the elephant remembers everything? Yes. Is that a true thing? How do we even know that? Elephants are very smart. Yeah, but honestly, not they're, that smart. They're empaths, too. Oh yeah. What do they do? What do they do that is so smart? I mean, I understand in nature they're smart, but they're they're not really relative to any sort of technological achievement or any achievement of any nature. Like, do they know Excel? 
No, they don't do spreadsheets. Hard Knocks is back. Also, we're going to talk about that. You can check out the Hard Knocks recaps written by the old Zeuser, and we're going to talk about the season premiere, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a nice start to that season, and also somebody got paid. Devonta Freeman of the Atlanta Falcons got a new deal. What does that mean uh, for Freeman? Probably a nice financial setup for his family for the rest of his life and perhaps future Freeman generations. But what does it mean also for other uh, running backs? notably one in Pittsburgh, mm. that uh, is trying to get paid as well. So all that coming up today. Very good show. I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit of a hard pivot out of the elephant talk. I think we should go back to that for 10, 15 minutes before moving on. Yeah, I just feel like... You're afraid of the topic. I think we yeah. it's, it's a topic that, that you don't want to you know, say changes it. the way we think about animals. So. The elephant is actually the elephant in the room here. Let's <laughs> let, yeah, Hey, elephants, come back to us a little bit about how smart you are. We got you. A little overrated. The I, dolphins I got you. Yeah. But most of the porpoises... Oh, you're right. It's only like two mammals. Well, you know. Chimpanzees. All right. Before we uh, get into the news, we'll say hello. Sitting in a big uh, big room behind the glass today. So many New Era hats as well. I mean, they cannot say that we are not embracing our sponsor. Uh, there's Emma VP behind the glass. Hey, Emma. What's going on, guys? Happy to be back. Now, is there some type of power move going on right now? Because Sully is behind the glass. Right. Uh, but he's tucked under a bucket hat. Bucket hat. Uh, working the graphic side of things. Yeah, you might be onto something in the corner. Interesting. Yep. I always, I always immediately think that Sully probably, unfortunately, got into some day drinking very early in the morning <laughs> and has been, you know, put into the background. Uh, all right, let's do some news, Emma. I feel like the crocodile hunter with roaches. You know what I'm saying? All right, now let's start. Yes, with the two-time Pro Bowl running back Devonta Freeman. A new five-year contract extension that makes him the NFL's highest-paid quarter uh, running back, uh, according to Mike Silver. The extension pays out $41.25 million. The Falcons confirmed that extension on Wednesday morning. Former uh, Florida State star really, you know, emerged last year as a true, uh, you know, you could argue borderline superstar in the league last year with that type of potential. And West now the Falcons have done business. Is it smart in this age where nobody wants to pay running back to give a guy like Freeman this nice a deal? Sure is. He's the most productive running back in the NFL over the last two years in terms of rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, and yards from scrimmage. He and Tevin Coleman are the best complementary backfield in the NFL. And they're really not paying him that much. You look LaDainian Tomlinson in 2004, this is 13 years ago, became the highest paid running back in the NFL with $21 million in guarantees. 13 years ago, Devonta Freeman's getting $22 million in guarantees. It's basically no, no progress whatsoever for running backs. Unbelievable. In fact, they make quite a bit less money on average than they did a decade ago. Well, they produce less overall. The, the fact that Devontae Freeman's the only player in the NFL to have 1,000 rushing yards in each of the last two seasons is an outrageous wow. that, that It's an anomaly. You would not expect that too often. But in this room, you know, I'm not going to toot our own horn too much, but we, we've been saying for years that Devontae Freeman's one of the most underrated, underappreciated players in the league in terms of the value that he brings, that he doesn't need 400 touches to be valuable because he can do everything. I mean, he's so good between the tackles. He's so good in the passing game. He's a lot of fun to watch, so it makes a lot of sense to make this commitment. Part of this deal came because of the way he was used in Kyle Shanahan's scheme, 22 touchdowns over two years. Kyle Shanahan loves his running backs, and he makes them productive, and this is not unusual, but I think it only adds pressure to Steve Sarkeesian. Where you are taking- Pressure valve? 
It's not pressure valve. Oh. It's just regular human pressure this Being week. Clear. Mm. And I, I, again, this is a guy that's never called plays at the NFL level, and he's replacing one of the best in-game play callers of our generation in Kyle Shanahan, who used Freeman in so many different ways. It's going to be interesting to see uh, with all those characters on that offense, especially Freeman, how they get out of the gate early. We, we should mention that you know Freeman, the last couple carries. The last couple minutes, like those are things that he has to get past. That he he had a chance to win the Super Bowl by picking up a first down. He was a big part in blowing that block, which eventually turned that yes, game around. People complain that they didn't run the ball at the end of that game. They didn't run the ball well. They had about three or four runs where if they picked up three or four yards in those plays, they win that game. Well, it's because the center was playing on a broken yeah. leg. He also of, had some fantastic in plays his, in that. Super oh, it wasn't Bowl his too. fault. It wasn't I mean, his yeah. fault. Just that running game. Hey, Mark. Yes. Freeman had. 27 touchdowns in the past two seasons. I'm talking on the ground, baby. 22 <laughs> touchdowns. Wow. 22 touchdowns on the ground. Yeah, nope. but you were talking more like how he's valuable in a lot of ways to the offense, so I think you would include all sorts well, of Well, you've done that for me Can I? In, a, in a totally flattering way. I'd like to make a request. Yes. Don't correct Mark anymore. Oh. Why not? Yeah, hear that? Why not? Because he's a good guy. I mean, he Sit met Sit down. Well. <laughs> Are the Kissing Cousins back? <laughs> oh, they're back. Wow. All right. That's good to hear. He's, well, I'm a good guy. We're in a post-truth society. Are we trying – are we are at the era now where we need to protect Mark from himself and it's better to just stay out of the way even mm. if there's errors involved? Well, but I think – That's he, called football season. Yeah. That, that makes sense. <laughs> Look at this guy. <laughs> Look at this guy. Wow. All right, Wes. Thank you, though. I, just I will, just Greg just fired the gun. I will take it under advisement. How about that? <laughs> okay. It will Moving come on. back your way. Uh-oh. Watch <laughs> I out. I guarantee. Hey, Jay Cutler's back in town. Um, with the Well, he's not back in town. He's in Miami now. He's on, on the Dolphins. Uh, reunited with Adam Gase, who he had some success with in Chicago. Uh, Adam Gase, um, who um, is a guy that knows how to coach up quarterbacks, we're told. Cutler. Uh, apparently looks the same, according to the coach, in practice, even uh, joining training camp late the way he has. Here's what Jay Cutler uh, had to say when he was asked how much he remembers uh, from the offense he was in in Chicago. Was it like a crash course today? Um, you know, it's kind of a crash course if you already took the course before. So uh, some, of the, some of the run game stuff's changed. Passing games is kind of relatively the same. Protections have changed up a little bit. So, um, you know, just kind of working with Bo out there and just going through the run game and uh, making sure I'm clean on that. But, you know, it'll come back quickly. He's good. And here's what Remember, he had to say. Basically everything with offense. And, you know, the biggest thing for him was just kind of getting that feel with the rush. It's one thing to throw when we're routes on air or one-on-ones. But to get in there and be able to take some reps with the line in there and, you know, just be able to see everything kind of develop and our, our players' body language, how they run routes. I mean, it's just that's the biggest difference for them and just kind of getting that feel back in the pass rush. That was Case after Cutler there. Uh, Mark, are you uh, buying into this idea that it will be a, kind of a seamless transition into the Dolphins' offense? I think it's a good pairing. I don't know why I should be so impressed that a quarterback remembers a playbook that he was deeply engaged in less than two years ago, that this is something in theory you're pouring over 12 hours a day, not just during the football season, but all year long, a document that you then go with other humans, practice over and over for hours and hours a day, and that roughly, you know, 20 months later, oh, I still remember that vaguely. And that's impressive to me. I mean, let's slow down on that. This takes me back to 2009 when Brett Favre shows up in Vikings training camp 
after the camp's over, so in late August, after they recruited him, goes out and has the best age 40 season in NFL history, right. the best season by any Vikings quarterback in history, after missing all of training camp and not getting any rapport with his new receiver. It's a reminder that OTAs, mini camps, and even training camp to an extent, a little overrated. They're essentially there just to keep NFL Network on the air. I'm more impressed <laughs> physically. <laughs> Been getting great ratings on Inside Training Camp Live. This is network way. guy over here. RIP ended today. That's uh, one small step for man. One giant's what in the hell. <laughs> is that NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal? <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on, moving on. Did you have a? Did you have something else? <laughs> well, to I was say? gonna say I, I was more impressed physically. Dude, the the network brass I just, anymore. I'm enjoying this as a Jay Cutler fan because this is the honeymoon period. This is probably the peak of what Jay Cutler's time in Miami is really gonna be. Even though I believe it'll be better. People reporting that he's dropping 40, 50 yard passes on a dime in his first practice back, like after not throwing the ball. He's like the natural. Wait, it's everything else he can't do. That's the problem. Right. Read defenses and all that. Uh, moving on, it's all over for Brandon Flowers in the NFL. The former Chargers and Chiefs running back, uh, cornerback announced on Instagram that he is retiring from the NFL, spent nine years in the league. Uh, Steve Weish of the network, Greg's colleague, first reported the development. <laughs> uh, the Chargers uh, cut cut ties with Flowers back in March, and Flowers is a pretty big deal when they signed him a couple years ago as a free agent, but um, injuries caught up to him. Uh, he missed most of last season, 31 years old. Uh, the end for Brandon Flowers, but uh, in his day, a few years back, he was one of the better cornerbacks in the league. But it happens quick. We learned with Darrell Rivas, these guys disappear quickly at that position. Well, it's another player whose career is over because of concussions. It's a hundred. You know, he he has been struggling with concussions, uh, and last year had not recovered from one. It's a, like this is happening more and more. This was a guy who who signed a deal with San Diego, played very well and then signed another big-time deal, so he kind of has that security long-term, but his life has changed. Like It just feels like this wasn't happening that much 10 years ago where we heard players retiring solely because of concussions, and that's what this is. Well, we saw with that first wave with the Niners where it was Chris Borland and Patrick Willis that everyone all injuries and the, the physical body, if it isn't perfect, players are willing to cut bait with their pro football careers a lot sooner than we ever would have imagined as kids. Um, for the last time, perhaps, on this podcast. Oh. Take it away, scary obese woman from True Detective Season 1. You want to make flowers today? Oh. One more time. You want to make flowers today? Rule of threes. You want to make flowers today? Well, what a run. I've got a proposal. You know, the, Go ahead. the best defensive player on the Patriots Super Bowl championship, young player, Trey Flowers, could yeah. could come up. It's not the same. About every time Eric, Eric Flowers, Flowers allows a sack. <laughs> <laughs> you hammer in I'm there. just saying, we have to, maybe we'll have a vote. Okay. I just always thought Brandon Flowers. That's kinda, true. That we was can't wrap this thing. into a New England Patriots success story. <laughs> That's true, dude. I don't want. It's not going to work. I don't want that stank on it. Just one more thought on this. How impressive is Terrence Newman going to be 39 years old, still playing cornerback at a high level, and Darrell Revis and Brandon Flowers nearly 10 years younger than him, no, no longer in the league? Uh, in other news, John Elway, make Elway great again. Listen, this is what John Elway had to say, the the general manager of the Denver Broncos. Uh, there was a report out there uh, floated by 104.3 The Fan. I guess that's a local 
Mark, you spent some time up in Denver. Is that a it local is? Station? And it was by a reporter named Sandy Clow. Oh, it's Ooh. a Clow bomb. It just it feels <laughs> it feels like something we would create in this like a laboratory Twitter account or something. <laughs> anyway, Sandy Clow uh, reported that the Broncos were actively pursuing AJ McCarron, the backup quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. Of course, uh, this type of report comes to light, I guess, after there were, there have been reports that the camp battle between Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch hasn't been going to gangbusters. So this report gets floated that Denver's poking around looking for maybe another option. John Elway not having it, by the way. He tweets out uh, early this morning, rumor of us being interested in anyone other than the QBs we have is another example of irresponsible fake news. (laughs) An absolute voice double. This tweet's not for John. <laughs> that that rumor doesn't pass the smell test. Right. What's AJ McCarron giving you that Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch aren't? Can right. someone tell me why everyone? If this is you know the Denver Post shot this down as 150 percent false, which is really false. Um, what is with AJ McCarron? What is the love affair, even yeah. with fake reports about AJ McCarron? Can we calm down a little bit? Well, with about Cleveland, AJ it, it had ties to Hugh Jackson, and Cleveland had no quarterback, so it made a little bit more sense there. I'm with you. I don't see why Elway would pick AJ McCarron out of any possible right. trade. And why, why is Elway blasting this? We would not. We would have never heard about this rumor because it was just some. Sandy Clow has a wide net that she we never heard he about. Or see, she spreads. We, it. we see what you're doing with your fake news, uh, John Elway. We saw you at the inauguration for Donald Trump. Saw you there, buddy. I think the appeal is AJ McCarron hasn't failed yet. That's yeah. true for a lot of young backups. Yeah. Vance Joseph was in Cincinnati with him. He's their defensive backs coach. Good call, Wes. <laughs> You've done it again. You pieced it together and connected the dots. What? <laughs> Moving on uh, to the throne of ease. Oh, my God. It keeps getting better. I mean, this winning streak is unprecedented. It's like the stock market in the late 90s, being a Patriots fan right now. Because not only what an analogy. are you winning Super Bowls constantly, <laughs> Uh, Tom Brady is hot and ageless, and no one's reporting on the fact that he had a major facelift at some point, like a face-off scenario. Well, you've reported on that a few times. Couple times it hasn't stuck. Yeah. Stacy Cloudbomb, she just, reports you've something. It, you've made it you out. I know of that it's a she. It's, it's, it's Sandy Cloud. <laughs> we don't know if it's a he or a she. So Stacy is a little aggressive. Yeah, we should dip into that and figure that out. Anyway, so things are good uh, for the Patriots. So good that they can go on and buy. Two for the first team ever uh, to buy their own travel jets, a pair of 767s uh, that outfitted, and if you're watching on the uh, on our video show, outfitted with all the Patriots colors and logos, and even on the tail, uh, is that what they call it, the tail? That will work. Aerodynamics, not really my specialty. <laughs> um, five trophies, Lombardi trophies, you know, ponderous, man. Uh, but not only, a couple takeaways here. First of all, they are the first team to ever do this uh, in the NFL. Um, the Jets can cost anywhere between – ESPN kind of took a wide berth on the estimate. The price tag is between 5 and $65 million for a used aircraft, which they've uh, – Pretty wide are. range. Yeah, uh, but a new one's $200 million each. They're not getting – they're not buying $200 million Jets. Who cares anyway? Why but not? Why not? Because that would cost like half a billion dollars almost. They've got it. See, 
No one else is like surprised that, that no team's ever done this before? A team I, has, I'm with you. The Seahawks, uh, I read somewhere that the Seahawks once did it, but it turned out not to be cost-effective. There's a whole backstory here that um, the airline industry, these type of jets, you need the big jets that can uh, facilitate the entire team staff and all the equipment. Um, those type of jets that are needed to, to for the charter-type travel mm. are starting to be grounded for good because they're getting older. And the the air, airlines are not are saying we don't want to refurbish it. It's not cost effective, so these planes are starting to disappear. So this might end up being a model that other teams follow. Who cares? But anyway, <laughs> the fact that they have two planes, I just thought was interesting too. It's like they have a backup plane. Well, the, I re- down with the backup. I remember flying out of uh, Terminal Five, I believe, at JFK. There was the JetBlue Jets planes. I, I would refuse to fly on those. <laughs> I mean, it was just a regular Jets blue, but it had you know pictures of the Jets. Those are all over the place. They still are, I believe. Will, can we? You, you don't feel safe. It's just a right partner. Well, I wouldn't. It's like, um, uh, Will, can you throw up that the image again too? One more thing I want to point out in the tweet uh, is that um, the the Patriots spell aircrafts with a K, like the owner's name. Next year, when they have to paint another Lombardi onto the tail, they're going to be complaining about there not being enough room, as they did with their banners in their stadium. There's not enough room. If you're going to have a Brady plane, you have to have a Garoppolo plane. Back up. That's Ooh. it. It's the president and vice president that. thing. Well done. <laughs> did you read that in my post? Because I, I made the same I joke. didn't. No, but good joke. Uh, no, it's all right. It's just like Wes got the credit for it, but I wrote it like a day <laughs> earlier. Sorry. Are you accusing West? Nah, just like the West thing where he like put me put me on on blast for correcting Mark. Now there's a little bit of tension in the room. That's all. <laughs> wow. And then you know a little joke thievery, and now we're flying. I thought his correction of you was absolutely on point. What you just did was uncalled for. Great. Perhaps. Great Perhaps. job on the hard knocks <laughs> recap. Oh, thanks. <laughs> all even now. Not we're too good. transparent there, Wes. <laughs> uh, all right. Finally, in the news, uh, Brock Osweiler and the Browns. I love everything about this place. I love being a Brown, and, and I'm just very thankful to be here. <laughs> What's going on here? What's going on? I mean, a week ago, Mark's tweeting that he's all in, and Deshaun Watson is is killing everybody in practice. Kaiser, baby. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser, excuse me. And then everyone is saying, oh, this is all trending in that direction. Now there's an ESPN report that Brock Osler is expected to start the season, um, uh, but we'll see. He's starting the first preseason game at the very least. And then the Browns put out a, a, a social media, uh, a tweet that is a, it's like Brock rocks. And then there is a bunch of like eighties guitar noodling. Mm. And then a, a, basically a highlight reel of Brock Osweiler, Brock Osweiler check down passes and Browns <laughs> practice. <laughs> and I just essentially what it was. And I just, it just seems like these two, these two kids are falling in love. The Browns and Brock Osweiler, your thoughts, Mark. Well, number one, I, I, I watched that scrimmage uh, they had last Friday where you saw yep. Cody Kessler, Kaiser, and, 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 and Osweiler all kind of switching with various groups. Brock Osweiler, to me, from the look, just looking at him as an overall quarterback, looked no different to me than he did last year. Nothing stood out as something had been fixed or corrected. So I, this is something that I literally am not panicked over at all because, again, it shifted me into a place where I have zero emotions attached to this team if Kaiser's not going to be on the field. But secondly... Oh, crap. Give me a break that we're figuring out who the starting quarterback of this team is before they've played a preseason game. Brock Osweiler, of any quarterback on that roster, has the chance to undo all this fair praise. Reportedly, he's had his best couple days of practice since they last gave him that days. first time, first team. What does reps. that mean, though? Cody Kessler is now 
third team exclusively and Kaiser's with the second team. So if nothing else, it it, it feels like it's down to Brock and Kaiser. Just those. Cody Kessler is now the Bryce Petty of the Browns quarterback battle, just an afterthought, it appears. He's right, because Osweiler didn't replace Kaiser. He replaced Kessler, who came in as the guy with the most experience, which is very little if you think about the NFL in general, very little, but he had the most with Hugh, and he's been essentially shoved out of the picture. I think if Brock Osweiler starts week one, you've got to readjust your pain rankings and put Browns fans at number one again. <laughs> well, and not be so sure about your can Jets make it... getting the number one pick necessarily. Well, it's just funny because I remember when that trade went down, I was talking to this room like, Browns, don't, don't do it. Don't have us in August talking about Brock Osweiler perhaps starting the season. And these guys, man, they just – I don't – you know, and I have, I have nothing to say. I'm a Jets fan. They don't I'm have saying, a quarterback. Well, yeah, but how are we thinking that this guy is the guy that should be starting week one after everything I mean, we've seen? They they literally were on the phone after they acquired him trying to get another team to take on half his salary in a trade. No other team would do that. Mm. Well, in theory, the other idea – not still might do Not it. saying they're this smart, but maybe they're what they're doing they can over the next two weeks to showcase them in case someone has a terrible injury and needs to go last resort make a trade for him. I don't know who that would be. Well, we'll get to that a little bit later uh, when we talk about uh, some of our preseason crystal ball mm. uh, predictions. Wes, buckle your chimp strap for that. Crystal ball is going out of style like uh, quicksand. I mean, you just don't Do hear about it. Do need a new ref? Uh, yeah, mean, who's using them? It's, well, it's yeah, like it's not fair. since Wizard of Oz have we seen a crystal ball. That's fair. We need something new. Even like a modern-day psychic along the streets in L.A. that are all over the place. There's no, you don't walk in and there's a crystal ball in there. I didn't, one or two. I didn't watch any of that stuff like Lord of the Rings or um, <laughs> Harry Prince in the Pomper. Pomper. What's what's the other You're, one? This is J. your J. Belichick's MySpace commentary, right? Yeah, now. what's the uh, Harry Potter? Yes. Is there some type of update that we can use as a ref instead of Crystal Ball that's going on in those fa- fantasy series? Not a Harry Potter fan, don't know. You're going to have to ask a different room. All right, fair enough. That's what's happening in the news. All right, time for the training camp spotlight presented by New Era. And we thought, uh, what with preseason games opening up for all the teams this week, that we'd check in on two games uh, that are going to air on NFL Network. There are six games on NFL Network NFL Network airwaves uh, this uh, from Thursday through Sunday. So that's pretty cool if you're into that sort of thing. We're going to study two of them, or not so much study, but say one thing to watch in each game. Uh, and we will start with the Bears and Broncos. Um, Greg, do you want to get us going with that? What is one thing to watch in Bears-Broncos? The best, the best thing to watch in the preseason is young quarterbacks, especially ones you haven't seen before. So I want to see Mitchell Trubisky play football. Like, I've, I've never seen that at a pro level. There actually have been some positive reports about how his arm looks and doing some good things in practice. So that, that's what I'm looking for in this game. Just see uh, what's a Trubisky like. What happened? Yeah, I would like. Yeah, I'm interested in that. And, then- and he's got to play a lot because he's the clear. He's the clear backup. He'll probably play it two full quarters. It's actually game. one of the rare good preseason games in theory because the Broncos are going to have a quarterback of note playing deep into the game with Simeon and and Lynch. Right. And you're going to get. You're going to get. I'm more interested. Lynch is laughing. Yeah. I mean, uh, Wes is laughing at us. I mean, because Mark's right. All preseason games are good in theory. Well, at best in theory. I mean, <laughs> some are does, not good. In it theory. does matter in this do Broncos like competition, though. It matters to the Broncos competition, Wes. Right. That if one significantly outplays the other over the next two weeks, that person, that quarterback's going to be starting. Sure, it matters until next week's game renders this week's meaningless, and then the regular season renders the entire preseason meaningless. Well, 
the regular season is also meaningless in the big picture as well. If you want to get well, the Super Bowl really renders the entire operation right. meaningless. <laughs> if in, in life, I guess right you could say is, that's is what I mean. Meaningless because it ends. This podcast meaningless in the big picture. Elephants meaningless. I was overrated. Good, always were. Super overrated. It was a good show. Done with elephants. <laughs> Keep them out of the circus. We had though. fun. They deserve better than that. <laughs> uh, how about Chiefs 49ers? Now, Mark, I'll throw it to you on this one. And, Wes, you could jump in if you have something that, that, that's getting you Can't wait. fired up. Uh, Chiefs 49ers, one thing to watch uh, in that game. Well, can I give you two things real fast? Sure. I want to see if there's any any visual effect of like Kyle Shanahan running this offense for the 49ers after watching the disaster it was last season. And I really want to see Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it's not going to be for it's probably going to be for what a quarter and a half. Want to just? I'm excited to see it. the one thing about the first week of the preseason. It's your chance to see all these guys we've been writing about with very little knowledge of who they are. Yeah, Wes has said you've said in the past you can you can watch some running backs to kind of see how they're looking. And there's two in this game: Kareem Hunt, who might wind up being the starter as a rookie, and a guy Matt Breida. I don't even know if that's pronounced correct, but he has been getting a lot of write-ups in San Francisco, mm. potentially as the primary backup and could be in the mix. I don't know. I just want to see who this guy is. I like. I do like the idea of Kyle Shannon opening up his bag of tricks in the preseason opening. Doubt <laughs> that will be happening. It's like, all, all like his, Chip Kelly, all his big running moves, yeah. teams up and down the field in well, August. If you remember when RG three was a rookie, Kyle Shanahan slow played the yep. entire NFL yep. in the preseason and then unleashed him in week one. But you uh, ruined my brush back. I was going to oh. give you. <laughs> <laughs> quarterbacks aren't the thing to watch in the preseason. They're, it's so misleading because of the vanilla defense. Yep. It's running backs that I want to see, like you mentioned, Kareem Hunt and the hyper-motivated Carlos Hyde. A lot of Hyde heat in this room, and I like it. A lot of Something buzz. to track. Something to track. Is Almost uncomfortable. <laughs> that was Training Camp Spotlight presented by New Era. Hey, speaking of New Era, New Era's NFL training collection has a great combination of innovative performance and style. With features like UV protection, moisture wicking, and cooling technology, there is no reason, literally no reason, you shouldn't make the new era NFL training collection a part of your daily attire available at retailers like Lids, NFLshop.com, and oh yeah, the White Whale, Dick's Sporting Goods. All in your favorite team. All in your favorite team. Um, so many teams in the league to choose from as your favorite team. And once you do choose one, if you're new to the game, New Era's got you covered. Buy a cap. Buy a hat. I mean, a lot of hats here. People thought we couldn't get more hats on the set than last week. We're not allowed to talk about the hats. They were wrong. Just look at the hats. First rule of the hats. <laughs> no one. There's no <laughs> talking about the hats. Okay. What do we want to talk about next? So much to get to. You want to talk, do a little preseason crystal ball? You want to do it? I think we should. I mean, we've told the people we, we don't have doing to do it. it. We can bail on it. No, I like no, it. Let's follow through. Wes? I mean, if we're going to have a crystal ball, let's do it. Bring it back. We're bringing back the crystal ball. How about that that's, as a segment? That's going to be tougher than bringing back your old Dean scream. <laughs> what happened to the Dean scream? <laughs> let's, let's look that up. Let's dig that sucker up. I'm sure it will come up at some point. Uh, Wes, since you are the preseason uh, – star around here why don't you get us going and take a, a look in a gander into your big old crystal ball patriots lose a game this month for the last time all season oh that's that my crystal ball <laughs> no, <I laughs> so you kind of just cheated you just did a crystal ball for the whole season i see what you're doing they'll lose well, the game this month keep, and then yeah. People will say, oh, yeah, the Patriots aren't unstoppable. People will read too much into it, and then they'll just fly through the <laughs> schedule wow. like they always do. 
Tom Brady, I think, is better now than he was in 2007. People underrate their coaching stability to keep guys like Josh McDaniels and Matt Patricia in-house. They just keep getting better. They're not just more talented. They're deeper. They're more versatile. They're more well-balanced. They can run a lot of different alignments and and, uh, personnel. Hard to go undefeated. Can I I just say all all kidding aside, do you actually believe Patriots going 19-0? You think it's happening? Yes. Wow. I mean, look. Just look at rosters. Who's who's even close to them? Well, yeah, o- offensively, I think it's by far the best offensive roster they've had with coaching everything considered. By far better than 2007, which many people going consider in, the going greatest into the of league, all time? Going into the season, I think just overall it's, it's better. It's significantly better. Defensively, you know, the front seven, it's a good front seven. It's fine. They led the NFL in, in total points on defense last year, and then they went out and got Stephon Gilmore and David Harris. I mean, the great, great secondary defensively in the front seven. Tony Ely's there. Stuff to not lose a game. I predict a huge letdown season for the Patriots, sixteen and three. <laughs> where does that loss? Ouch. Where does that third loss come? Somewhere before the playoffs. Okay. Season finale. Not a huge letdown Jets. season. <laughs> it better not be the season finale because it's against the Jets. Too. Season finale against the Jets when the Patriots are resting all their players. <laughs> I still think wow, the Jets West. would lose that game. I mean, he went big with the crystal ball. I think Wes might be falling for the Pats a little bit in a real way. Maybe carrying that water. Yeah, yeah, yeah where have you been? But a little bit where more than been? water. A little bit more like maybe it's time to to find a new team, fall in love again. No, I mean I I just like good football, and they're they deserve your respect. I think uh, a couple of water boys buried underneath the Mass Turnpike. We know that. <laughs> Cecil, you're up. <laughs> All right, by the end of the preseason, one question everyone will be asking, how will Colin Kaepernick fare as Jacksonville's starting quarterback on the heels of the team releasing a totally defunct Blake Bortles? See, we talked in the pre-production meeting about not going too deep into the wilderness. You're right at the edge. That's where I thought you'd want me to be. Yeah, I like you there. You I thought know, you were going to correct another statistic. That, I put no. I, put that no is, I didn't even <laughs> read the rest of it. I put no stats in there, nothing. That is just crazy enough to happen. I don't know about Wait, cutting. Wait, they'll cut Blake Bortles? Cutting Bortles. Well, uh, initially I thought far. trade, but who can you trade him to and for what? Get like a late round pick I don't know. for Blake Bortles. But hmm. if Blake Bortles, let's, let's enter a world that Mark's put us in, which I don't think is that crazy. We're in the wilderness, which not is, too deep. Which is a world in the wilderness where Blake Bortles has an absolutely awful August. Hmm. Do, do they start thinking about other options? I, I think it's fair to, to wonder that. Well, didn't they? They have to. Yeah, I saw a sentiment today that Blake Bortles is single-handedly holding the Jaguars back from reaching their potential. He's not. Their front office shares that blame as well mm. for not coming up with a backup plan at quarterback when you had all offseason to do it. And we sat here in October and November of last season saying, Blake Bortles is holding this entire franchise hostage. You can't keep running him out there every week as a competitive liability. They didn't come up with a plan B in the offseason. And plan B was right in front of them. I don't, I'm not going to say now Jay Cutler is this guy that's a – a great quarterback and is going to lead teams to the promised land. But he got signed a couple days ago. He got signed in August, and you sat on Chad Henney as your backup. Whether you're a fan of Cutler or not, he would at least given you a, a chance. I don't think they have a chance if, if Bortle flames, that Bortles flames out. Well, Cutler never would have gone to the – I think the Cutler-Gaze thing is the only reason Cutler's even on a, on a team right now. But Colin Kaepernick, Nathaniel Hackett in Buffalo, I didn't don't think he did a great thing, but he's worked with a lot of different types of mm. quarterbacks, and I think that him and Marone would be – potentially open to the possibility of using Kaepernick. I'll just say again, because Rapsheet corrected me on Twitter the other day, Jay Cutler was looking hard for a job. 
it wasn't like it, he w- was looking for the perfect opportunity. Before he signed that Fox deal, he was actively – his agent was making phone calls. Post-Fox, though? Before Fox. Okay. He was looking for a job, and he could not get a nibble, and then he turned the page, and then once the Dolphins came, then it was like, should I do it? I right. need Kristen to help me with mm-hmm. this. But this was not a situation where he was like, I need the perfect – God, he, the Jets he didn't the return Jets. a – Jets did not return his phone call. The Jets – well, because we there's, know what the Jets are up to. There's some logic, though, in a, in a really run-based offense, what they want to do there that Kaepernick could fit. I think the owner there in Jacksonville would be someone who would be op- more open to it than other owners, too. Greg, you're up. All right, crystal ball time. Take it out. Maybe we should get a crystal ball effect the next time we do this. Three weeks of the preseason. <laughs> or an actual crystal ball in the studio. <laughs> that would be nice. Oh, that's a good idea. Three weeks of the preseason games ha- have evaporated. The Texans need – a wide receiver, it's becoming more clear, and the Philadelphia Eagles trade Jordan Matthews to the Houston Texans for a mid-round pick, let's say fourth-round pick. Jordan Matthews goes in there, be the starting wide receiver across from DeAndre Hopkins. Gives them a chance, gives them something. So all this Nelson Aguilar hype carries over. He's having a nice uh, preseason, and they make the move. Jordan wrote about that in the What We Learned yesterday. Sure did. Did a great job on that what we learned. Wes, great job on what we learned. (laughs) Thank you, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) I think that the Eagles don't really need Jordan Matthews. I think Jordan Matthews has done a lot volume-wise in terms of – but he doesn't make much happen after the catch. They've got four receivers. Mm -hmm. He's in the final year of his contract. And I think Houston's under the radar are kind of a a team that – there's a lot of pressure on that team, I feel like, to win now, even though they've got a a weird quarterback situation. They they have really high expectations for themselves. They're they're like the Cardinals last year saying, like, okay, we made it into the playoffs. Like, this is our year that we're going over the top. And I'm thinking, like, really? The Texans are that team? I I don't see that. I think that's fair. That's fair. That would be a nice fit. Is Torrey Smith any good, by the way? Because shouldn't they maybe just wait to see if that guy can still play before they start trading away pieces? It's a fair point. He's had one of the worst catch percentages in the league since he the last couple of years in San Francisco, but he's apparently played pretty well in training camp. All right. Uh, my turn. Uh, all right. Andrew Luck, not going to play in the preseason. That's, I'm not hanging any onions there. I think that's a very strong possi- possibility. But I believe – uh, if that leads to no preseason and they do put him on the pup, Whoa. an intriguing option will be added to the court, the Colts quarterback room in uh, the near future. Because if you think about it, let's say I am that I'm, you know, it's all guesswork, but if he does, if this continues to go slowly, they throw him on the pup, which means six weeks out at the least, that means they still probably think they have a chance to make a move in the division. Uh, once he returns, hoping he returns after six weeks, they need to get to luck in decent shape. They can't just lean on Scott Tolzien. I think they go and, and get somebody, uh, any of these names, maybe a Brock Osweiler, for instance, in, in a trade. Maybe <laughs> RG3. I don't, I don't know. I would have to check in yeah. on that. Uh, somebody out there uh, to add to that quarterback room if he ends up going on pup. I thought you were going to go with the cloak and dagger routine and just withhold all intriguing names from. Right. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, like, you need to bring that crystal ball back into the shop. Here, I need let, a me, little, let me shine I it up. I need a little more than intriguing. I'll give you some. You ready? Here we go. Kaepernick? Kaepernick? I'll throw him in there. How about a little hmm, clipboard Jesus? <laughs> that's that's, not, that's intriguing. Intriguing. I think you're going to have to trade for an intriguing name because yeah. they're not out there. Right? How about G.J. Kinney? G.J. Kinney. Yeah. So somebody either somebody gets cut. Some type of trade. I my my crystal ball prediction is there's somebody else in that room. Oh. When you when you think of that defense, <laughs> you don't think of a, a lot of huge 
difference makers yet on the Colts defense. And the reports out of Colts practice are that the offense essentially can't do anything. That Scott Tolzien uh, and the other quarterbacks there aren't getting anything done to the point where it's almost hard to evaluate what else is going on. I Remember mean, the Steelers game last year when Tolzien started? Right. That was a brutal football game. Mm-hmm. Sean Hill started week one. Uh, he's another guy out there. Started week one and All won right, a game I'm last year. How about Sean that? Hill would be better. I'm intrigued by Sean Hill more than I am Scott Tolzien. I'll, get, I'll do a little Seth Lobato. How about that? <laughs> Who is that? Is that a procedure? Huh? Seth Lobato. He's <laughs> out there on the free agent market. Let's set the valve. Get him. He's not a quarterback. Well, He's a sort of a game-changing tight end. He's, He's like a Superman set records now. in the AFC North. This yeah. division, <laughs> movable chess piece. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <set the laughs> total movable <laughs> chess piece. All right, there we go. That's our uh, preseason crystal ball. Finally, and th- let me just add right now. First, spoiler alert to you UK listeners. Uh, we're about to talk about hard knocks. Then again, it's really not a uh, an excuse for you to turn this show off right now because on NFL.com streaming. Now through next week, next Tuesday, you can watch the premiere of Hard Knocks. Oh, yeah. Great theme song. I would say I wrote this on my Hard Knocks recap. If I could have one song to soundtrack my entire life, just looping in eternity. It's a Hard Knocks theme. I feel like my life, it would have purpose. I would be driven and I would succeed if this song was keeping me afloat. I like if it was not an uncut version of your life, and there's hours of you at a desk just typing, and this music's just playing. Sleeping, over it. yeah. My mouth open, snoring. Like, do you think it works in the bedroom? What do you, What do you mean? I mean, I'm just saying, like it's playing all the time in your life, every every situation. Greg, must you go there? I'd appreciate. I think it. every. I'm just Adam, saying, honestly, I'm saying what everyone thought about. Well, it's what Never you thought. Entered my mind. <laughs> Weird dude, bro. <laughs> um, anyway, the season premiere of Hard Knocks. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I thought my initial takeaway, and then I'll throw it to all you guys because I know all you guys uh, watched it as well, uh, was that I think they did a nice job in the fact that they have a bigger, um, more chess pieces, to use that again, to work with than, say, the Rams season last year, uh, where by the fourth episode they were sending the, the guy that didn't believe in dinosaurs to Disneyland and then to, like, a museum about dinosaurs. It was like clearly they had kind of hit a wall in terms of what direction to take the show. This season, they have so many things, so many directions to take the show, so many interesting personalities. The fact that it's a team on the rise. It's a, it's a really good team for this type of treatment. Uh, so I like the choice to really make episode one about the guy that's the focal point of the franchise right now, Jameis Winston. And it was really his show, and they they showed his life. Um, growing up in in uh, Alabama, and they showed uh, his relationship with Dark Cutter. In fact, I think we have a clip here. Uh, something I found interesting. Uh, I, this is all coaches asked a lot of their quarterbacks, but it's interesting. This guy's 23 years old still. Winston, so young, 23, and, and and his coach is asking him to perform like some of the best quarterbacks in in the history of the NFL because that's the type of potential this guy has. Let's listen in. As far as doing too much, I just want to have a good understanding of how much is doing too much. Okay, that's a great question. And here's what I would say on that is we have a good defense now, so maybe we got to cut our risk a little bit. Your MO in your career was you've always been a risk taker 
even if it got you in trouble early in the game, either you've been good enough or your team's been good enough to bail you out of it. And now we have a good team. We have by far the best team we've had since you've been in the NFL. And you are a guy that's able to win a game. But you also, we don't, we don't need you to lose a game for us. You're the only guy that can really lose a game for us. I mean, because no one else touches the ball enough. So there's a fine line there. And you're a great competitor. But we got to get some patience in there. Yeah. Now we need you to be a great quarterback. You play a different style quarterback than Tom Brady, you closer. You play a closer style to Aaron Rodgers, both great quarterbacks, both guys that will be in the Hall of Fame. Now it's time, even though they got years on you, you got to play like that because it's, shoot, that's, that's just the way this league is. They don't care if you're 23 or 39 mm -hmm. uh, to get the respect you want and to go where our team wants more than anything. Mm -hmm. Greg, I'll start with you. I thought Winston came off very well. It came off as an affable guy. I like the end of the episode when they showed, and some people say, oh, you guys killed J.J. Watt for doing the practice alone by himself, but that felt way more manufactured than Winston getting up at 5 a.m. and being the first in the gym, the first in the weight room, which is all the stuff you hear about guys like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. I thought Winston came off very well, and I would feel very good if I was a Bucks fan watching this episode. Uh, absolutely. The advantage of this show is that the superstars on their team are the best personalities, are great personalities, not just Jameis Winston, but Deshaun Jackson and Gerald McCoy, who are both featured heavily. I mean, I love getting to know Jameis Winston because he's such an engaging personality. He has such a great story. I mean, the most telling part of that whole show for me with Jameis Winston was him in the audience while all of his uh, teammates were singing because no one was having more fun and going more wild than Jameis Winston. And he just seems like a guy that's like a great teammate that his teammates love, that there's no airs about him, that he's kind of tight with everyone on the team. What about the daily turndown service he passed up at the Marriott so he could collect more points, yeah. hotel <laughs> points? I mean, he's just kind of a, Your a wife bit of a different that. dude. Yeah. My wife was way in on that. She, I was writing the recap, and I got this text how she was just all fired up about that. Then she said – well, full disclosure, she said that he was her favorite player and that she did a, a cursory Google search and then thought a little differently about the situation. But, um, yeah, go ahead, Mark. I mean, for me, it felt like, and I, I appreciate what you said about them holding back on some, on some of the other star characters and central figures because I didn't learn much about anyone other than Jameis Winston. To me, it felt like an excellent Sean. documentary on Jameis Winston interrupted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Because I wanted to know more about his life and everything. And when he went home and he, and he visited with family and stuff, that to me was very rewarding documentary footage. I'm waiting to learn more about the rest of this team. I did come away with a good impression of, um, of Dirk Hutter. I think that he's not flashy, but he, was, he had maintained good control over the team. And he seems to be the right coach for them right now. But I need to see more in the next episode. I thought from a pure football perspective, they did a great job of outlining the macro viewpoint of Jameis Winston, which is... When you're an athlete, throw out all the stats. Here's what matters. The feeling in your teammates and your coach's head, in their mind, when you're up to bat, when you're on the pitcher's mound, when you're throwing the ball as a quarterback, when you're catching the ball as a wide receiver, and you can tell the Bucks know that Jameis Winston is a franchise quarterback. Every The Gerald McCoy segment where he's like, it doesn't matter about anyone else. All that matters is number three. That's the macro viewpoint. The micro viewpoint, 2017 – Dirk Cutter driving home the point. Everybody knows you're a potential franchise quarterback. Everybody loves your potential. But right now, you're a turnover-prone quarterback who's inconsistent. And if we're going to – our roster's strong enough right now. We can get to the playoffs, but you got to get reeled in a little bit. And One of the best the moments was when 
Cutter and went at Winston at the end of the episode Ter- after a terrible practice. Yep. And, he, and he went at him, and, and you and, and the everyone's gathering around, and, and Winston had this thousand yard stare on his face. Saying, he had I'm no not answers. He had no answers for like, why did you do that? He basically had no answers. And then you remembered, oh yeah, he's a 23 year old third year quarterback who who is prone to mistakes. That that their Cutter interview that we listened to, the what the one other thing that I took from it is this Bucks team knows that they're supposed to be good. And I always think that's I think that's dangerous. Like him say him saying that line to Jameis Winston, this is you have a good defense. This is by far the best team you've had. Like I immediately as a Patriots fan think Bill Belichick n- never would say that. He would never think that because they don't have a team yet. They don't have a defense yet. They don't know what they are. And I always I always think and they have all this attention on that and it's tough to go it's a lot easier to go from whatever they were in 2015 to nine and seven, than it is to take that next step. And part of it is the expectations. I, and I think even as a coach, him thinking that way, was well, telling to me. I, I mean, yeah. they certainly appear to be buying into their own hype, but that, that can work both ways. We saw six years ago on the show, Rex Ryan telling these guys that we're w- going to win the Super Bowl, and they almost got there. You could win with that type of attitude. It's definitely a different one than Bill Belichick right. would have. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I think if you haven't won in 10 years, you have to approach it a little bit differently than Bill Belichick where the expectation is every year you're going to be a Super Bowl contender. I guess I just mean that they they it's I think it's a smart thing to feel like you're starting from scratch cuz they don't know what what they have. Uh another thing, you know, in terms of personalities was the awe that the teammates had in Deshaun Jackson. I thought was telling. Like he it's pretty rare in the NFL that other players are just like, "Oh my god." But there were just some comments like Ryan Fitzpatrick and Chris right. Baker just being like, I can't believe, like watching this guy, he's just different than on and, any other NFL player. And I was thinking how unique he is, is that he is known as the fastest guy on the field. He looks like a jitterbug. And he's 31 years old. He's not supposed to, like at this age, these type of guys, these small frame guys are not supposed to be still moving like they're 24. He's kind of an interesting guy. And then they did, they did dug in a little bit on Mike Evans as well. And, and it, really, it really reinforced to me how great a signing that was, how well those guys complement each other and just how much potential is there. Uh, Does that, do those two feel a little bit like we're really trying to be best friends. Mm. It's not really (laughs) working organically, but we're going to keep trying really hard. Well, get some camera time. I, I guess one thing is when I, I'm not a rose colored glasses person when it comes to hard knocks. Like I, I have seen some episodes that are that that I I learned so much about people on the team and so much about the way the team functions that I love that I loved watching Jeremy McNichols utterly lost in the game plan uh, at practice not knowing where he's going. That to me was informative. Like that's what it's like to be a rookie running back. There was a lot of stuff going on though in some of these hard knocks episodes that feel a little paint by numbers if they're not taking you deeper than you expected to go. If they go through the motions, it can turn into that kind of a show. Like, like Riley Bullock. I believe is your Bulla was his name, the third yeah. string middle linebacker. I thought that was a really interesting point that Cutter made at a team meeting that you don't need to be a star to be a leader. That hey, here's this undrafted rookie middle linebacker, and you kind of saw it through the through the show, kind of being a leader. I was follow, you know, like yeah. that. That's one thing I like about Hard Knocks. Not not to mention he had a set of pipes. I mean, I love that singing. This the whole singing. The singing. It's always fun. There are there are there are familiar beats at this point, but like I love it. I love it as much as I love opening day of the season. Everything is kind of familiar, but it's. I love every time there's been 500 singing competitions on this series, but it's always fun to see how the guys react like this year. Um, because I remember growing up watching it after SNL as a kid, amateur night at the Apollo, there was the guy, the ex- executioner <laughs> yeah. who would come out. And Doug people, Martin. Yeah. would get booed off the stage. Doug Martin comes out and he does a 
perfect rendition or impression of the executioner, even with like the Michael Jackson moonwalk and the point back to his seat. I mean, that that to me is so fun. Even if it's familiar, it's still a lot of fun. And it's just the show is done so well. I mean, the the way the the episode ended, uh, they perfectly they pivoted out of that terrible practice uh, into uh, the pre-dawn wake up time with the motivational speaker that James Winston wakes up to every day, which was kind of interesting and, and him going back to work. And it just, these guys that do this show, um, they're the best in the business at it. It actually ended even after that with a lot of game of Thrones talk. And it really (laughs) drove home the point 2017 in America, pop culture is dominated by that television show. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It Uh, it passed my, the wife test. So like your, your wife was very, my wife loved it. My, Emika always watches the first episode with me or so, and then often just tails off. But that one, she actually stayed, watched through the whole thing, and she was in. Because I think probably because of just the personalities, because Jameis wins. She's like, all right, I'm in. I'm going to watch the rest. This is your wife from Japan, why Greg is very big in Japan. (laughs) (laughs) And and then in the preview for episode two, it's almost catered for the Around the NFL podcast. Uh, Not only did they tease digging into the kicker battle between Aguayo and 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 folk, let's go home and visit the Grimes family. Miko Ooh. Grimes gets onto the boom mic and starts talking about her uh, life as the wife of Brent Grimes. And Greg, I know you're a little bit interesting to, interested to see whether you come up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think I'm going to come up? They're just going to be talking about me. I don't know. Well, there are also so I, many. That would be great. So many, I don't want to say force, but so many cutaways to NFL Network footage that there's a chance we could potentially see Greg at some point on the show. Oh, you know Greg was thinking that. When it, when I, well, suddenly, everyone on. who watched that show was like, I must come up with Bucks topics immediately <laughs> to get on this show somehow. Well, one of the things we've learned from Hard Knocks over the years is is how much the coaching staff does pay attention to Yes. They read Roto World. They read NFL.com. They sat there and watched Jameis Winston's appearance on Good Morning Football. All the coaches sitting in Dirk Cutter's office. So if you want to watch the episode, again, NFL.com slash Hard Knocks. It will be on the website through Tuesday after that. You either got to uh, subscribe to HBO or jack somebody's HBO Go password. It's one of those situations. You got to figure it out. What do you want from me? Well, HBO Now doesn't telecast until the next morning, so it's it, it, it's this beautiful August ritual where before coming to work, I have right. to wake up at 4 in the morning to watch this, which may be coloring <laughs> my opinion of the show. I do the same 4 in the morning. Well, it's that or show up to work. <laughs> four, <laughs> 4 seems early. It's not, it's well, not for HBO you two now. it is, please. It's huh? HBO later. HBO a day after everyone else is I what mean, I call it. You're just you're just putting on the hard hat. Like 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 <laughs> Yeah, I'm not saying it's a tough task. I'm just saying there are things I you know, I'm just saying it may color my opinion of the show somewhat. All right, Mark. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, easy. I it is Take the it greatest easy. show ever created <laughs> on cable television. <laughs> Take it easy, buddy. Um all right, there you go. Uh so we will be back on Friday uh with a new, I have a huge announcement uh for the listeners on Friday. I'm just going to tease it. Total tease. Double T. Any hints? It is something the audience has been waiting for. Wow. Patiently. It's borderline rude that it's been it's taken this long. You're coming back as the Shield softball manager. <laughs> that I am very the, It's going to be the body. I don't episode. think I'm coming. You know, ESPN has the body issue. Yeah. It's the body episode. And that explains why it's not on the video. It's not the video episode. Is this uh triple scoop, triple sourced? 
No, it's it's more like a you know big horns. Oh, and, and bugles, like bugles, fife at the top of the drums. castle, and the, all the villagers down below. Hear ye, hear ye, type. Got gotcha. you. So, make sure you stay tuned for that Friday. Clarion call. A clarion call, brah. <laughs> All right, that's it. We'll be back Friday. So thank you, everyone, for listening. This is Dan Hanses signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss, uh, and the Will, Sully, hiding, everybody else. Till Friday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.